The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi, everyone. Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of Premier Dance Network. I am so excited to share with you an amazing opportunity for one lucky winner to win four tickets to see Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater in the big screen. Fathom Events and Lincoln Center at the Movies are thrilled to bring a behind-the-scenes look at the Alvin Ailey Company with exclusive interviews with artists. In this unique experience, you don't just see an Alvin Ailey performance, you feel it in the big screen. This event is coming to theaters near you on July 26th. So it doesn't matter where you live, you can enter to win this contest by heading over to premierdancenetwork.com and click on the tab Contest, where you can fill out a form and immediately be entered to win. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Carolus, and you are listening to Pod Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 14 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Today I am broadcasting to you from humid, sticky Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but I might as well be broadcasting to you from a Greyhound bus. I've had a handful of really exciting opportunities presented to me in the past week, so I'll be on and off of the bus from Philly to New York too many times to even count. I, I haven't even figured out what my schedule is for the next few weeks. Um, I just finished guest teaching in the contemporary department at Broadway Dance Center in New York City, and just as exciting as that opportunity, I was asked to do a two-week guest teaching gig at Steps on Broadway, which is another one of my favorite drop-in studios. Um, I, I talked about that in my training and drop-in classes podcast a few weeks ago, so if you want to find out more information on the school, you can check it out by listening to that. I uh, commute to the city at least twice a week to take at Steps on Broadway, and I'm just bursting with joy at the fact that I'm going to be teaching at this prestigious institution. I call Steps, as most of us refer to it, not Steps on Broadway. We just shorten it to Steps. Uh, but I call it the cheers of the dance world. Uh, because every time I take class there, I always run into people from my past and many from my present. Everybody knows my name, and everybody knows everybody's name. So it's always fun to go back and uh, reconnect with people in the community. I'm honored to share my love for dance and to pass on my craft over these next two weeks. So if you want to drop in and join me, I'll be teaching intermediate ballet on Monday, July 18th at 10 a.m. And then on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 2.30 p.m. from the 18th to the 29th, so that's two weeks, I'll be teaching advanced intermediate ballet, which is essentially an advanced class for pre-professional students and professionals. So if you're in town and you want to meet me and you want to strengthen your technique, I hope that you'll stop by and join me. And make sure that you come out to me and tell me that you heard about it on uh, Pod to Chat Talking Dance. That would be really cool to have some, some listeners in class with me. 
So with all that said, let's move on to this week's episode and chat about a scary topic for most dancers, burnout. Every dancer has heard of it. Every dancer fears it. But few dancers actually have the tools to understand what it truly means to be burnt out. I spent so many years of my life diving passionately into this career, perfecting my technique daily, reading and educating myself through dance periodicals, watching YouTube videos, and a lot more. I'm really (laughs) a bunhead, (laughs) a dance nerd, whatever you want to call it. Not to take away from anybody's level of passion for dance, but I love dance more than most of the dancers that I know. So for this very reason, how could it be possible that I ever would experience burnout within this passion uh, for this art form? Well, it happened, and I actually still consider myself in recovery from it, uh, even though I feel that it really started at least three years ago. Though I've come a long way, <laughs> a long, long way since, since it actually happened. So how did I get burnt out? What did I do to identify it? And what am I doing to make sure that my career doesn't escape me? I wanted to explore these questions with you and to discuss uh, how you can cope with it if you find yourself burnt out and how to heal yourself so that you can come out of it still loving our amazing dance world. It actually took me a long time to realize that I was burnt out. And I wasn't kind of burnt out, I was severely, severely burnt out. And this wasn't a slow realization that occurred over time, it was more of a bam in your face kind of moment. Back in the summer of 2014, I was selected to choreograph for the National Choreographers Initiative, which is uh, it's a prestigious, a very prestigious uh, choreographic workshop uh, that takes place at the University of California Irvine campus. Um, and every summer, they select four choreographers from around the world. I was one of four out of over 60 international applicants. And they choose these choreographers to work with 16 professional dancers who are on summer layoff from their professional company jobs. We had dancers from Richmond Ballet, Sacramento Ballet, Ballet Met, Texas Ballet Theater, and a a few freelancers that uh, we got to work with while we were there. It was an amazing opportunity and it was, it's really, really difficult to get into. I found myself Choreographing beside former New York City Ballet star Philip Neal, uh, Princess Grace Award winner Gabriel Lamb, and I joke around with my friend Garrett. I call him the child prodigy choreographer, Garrett Smith, um, who recently was commissioned to work with the Bolshoi Ballet. And you can actually learn about the latter of the two in my most recent blog post on Life of Freelance Dancer. I interviewed them and they shared a lot of information uh, that I think is really interesting. But anyway, um, back on track. This opportunity came about for me at the perfect time and it really helped set me back on track to love my art and to let it love me back. Cause I had really gone to a place where I felt like I was giving everything to my art and it was taking everything from me and I wasn't getting anything back from it. After suffering a career-threatening injury while I was dancing with Oakland Ballet back in May of 2014, I took some time off to allow my body to recover, which I really didn't have a choice to at that point because I was that badly injured. 
What I didn't realize was that my mind actually needed a lot more recovery than my body did, and my body was in pretty bad shape. I took an entire month off before starting to get back in shape, which as a freelance dance artist can feel like a really dangerous amount of time. Freelancers need to be available for immediate hire at almost any moment of time. For instance, when I danced with Company C Contemporary Ballet in San Francisco, uh, or in the San Francisco area, a few months prior to that injury, they had called me up and asked if they could fly me out the next day to replace the injured dancer for a show that they had the following weekend. They were in a tough situation and they needed somebody out there to learn two ballets really fast and uh, they really needed me that next day. Having been freelancing for nearly three years at this point, I had forgotten that it was okay to get uh, a little bit out of shape from time to time. For instance, when you dance with a contracted company, you have certain weeks laid off that you will get paid unemployment for. So while, yeah, you know you're going to have to get in the studio and get back in shape, uh, you don't feel as bad about getting slightly out of shape. So after that month-long break, which was really the longest break I had had in quite a long time, I... Uh, by the time that I had arrived at the National Choreographers Initiative, I was about 70% of where I would like to be if I was prepping for a performance. And I had just gone in this mindset that I had to be at 100% all the time, um, that I felt kind of bad about it. But since I was choreographing, I didn't need to be in performance shape. And I kept on telling myself it's okay to be out of shape, but I still felt guilty that I wasn't. <laughs> Uh, it was just a bad cycle, but I figured that I would show up nearly, nearly there and spend the weeks that I was creating my piece working towards 100%. I had every intention of returning to my freelance work full steam ahead after I wooed myself back into shape during this period. But on the third day of company class, I noticed that my injury wasn't quite as recovered as I had hoped it would be uh, after taking that entire month off. But instead of panicking like I probably would have in the past, I was actually finally able to calm myself down with the knowledge that my choreography wouldn't be affected by my ability to physically perform. If I couldn't physically perform, my product would, could still be great. I had also been running through a bad cycle of fear-based dancing, which I'll get more into in a few minutes. But keeping that in mind, uh, I didn't have to stress because the ability to move my body, like I said before, it wasn't my product. And it didn't ensure that I would get financially compensated. I wouldn't get paid my salary if something happened. So I just choreographed on my dances for the remainder of that day while in a bit of pain. And it was surprising for me to find that I was starting to feel something had changed mentally for me. And I could actually pinpoint that day that something I, I noticed there was a change in me. At the end of this gratifying workday, I called my husband uh, as, as usual because uh, he was back home in Philadelphia taking care of our cats <laughs> and, and working in his uh, professional organizing business. Uh, but yeah, it was the usual, it was our usual cycle that we go through when I'm out of town, but what came out of my mouth in our conversation was actually pretty unusual. While I had greatly gratifying experiences in my freelance work over that entire performance season, I realized that I hadn't enjoyed much of the time I had spent working for over a year. Because I actually enjoyed myself in the studio that day, and it didn't feel like I had felt the year prior to that. 
Uh, aside from my performances when I was on stage in front of an audience, I didn't love what I was doing. Taking class and rehearsing without the pressure of surviving until the performance was a huge relief for me. Fearing an injury that would take away my pay and cost me more money because I would have to pay for physical therapy visits and recovery time had become the main focus of almost every moment of my day inside the studio and outside of the studio. I had spent that day conducting my dancers as I choreographed in joyful bliss and feeling this way in the studio again was something I hadn't experienced in over a year. So how was this possible? I, I thought to myself, I, I'm in love with dance, but it was true. I practically instantly recognized that I was suffering from burnout. It was that it was like an instant aha moment. I hate that word aha, but it, it's, it, it was definitely an aha moment. At this point, now that I recognized that I was burnt out, the question really was, what caused my burnout? The roots of my affliction stemmed from one nasty seed, fear. I spent my entire 2013-2014 season dancing in fear. The first day of my season at a gig to launch Baroque Ballet in Santa Monica, my rental car broke down in rush hour traffic on PCH, that's the Pacific Coastal Highway. Uh, it's an incredibly beautiful but dangerous stretch of highway that twists and curves uh, along the Pacific Ocean on one side, and then there are massive hills on the other side. It goes through Malibu, which is that really bougie area that's known for all the celebrities living there. Anyway, after that, a couple months later, I did a gig in West Virginia where I was told that I was going to stay with the host family. Uh, and. The day before I left, they d decided that they were going to put me in a hotel, but it ended up that they left me in a motel down the street from a handful of strip clubs. <laughs> and somebody even knocked on my door the first night, and there were cops there throughout the week, and just, it was so uncomfortable. I was completely and utterly out of my comfort zone while being out of my comfort zone in the studio. Then after that, when I was dancing with Company C in Walnut Creek and in San Francisco, I learned two ballets in a short period of time, only to find myself defending myself to protect my body from the director who was trying to rush me through an already abridged rehearsal process. At yet another job with Fort Wayne Ballet, I learned all three acts of the role of Romeo in Macmillan's Romeo and Juliet in five three-hour workdays. In one week, only three hours a day, I learned a two, a two, two and a half hour ballet. And I successfully performed the role the following week and it was actually quite thrilling that I had just survived. I wasn't thrilled, like my performance went well and I was so excited it went so well, but I wasn't as thrilled that it went so well. I was more just thrilled that I had survived. But both my body and mind were completely and utterly exhausted by the end of the process. And I had no break between the show and my next gig, which took place in Lafayette, Louisiana. To cap out an exhausting season, I was home for a few days after Louisiana, and then I flew out to dance with Oakland Ballet. Uh, and I actually ended up finding myself living like a homeless person, all while rehearsing in dangerous conditions. 
typically I would never have taken work that uh, didn't provide housing, but Oakland Ballet was working with two uh, choreographers that I really respect. Melissa Fenley, uh, who's a modern uh, master and choreographer uh, that I think she still works at Mills College in Oakland. Um, and then uh, the other person who is fleeting my mind at the moment, it was Robert Moses Kinn. Uh, Robert Moses's company is Robert Moses Kin, and I really wanted to work with these choreographers. So I spoke with the artistic director of Oakland Ballet, and I said, "Look, I'll I'll find my own housing." And a benefactor of mine helped me. Uh, it's too long of a story, but she helped me do a housing exchange, and the there was a miscommunication and i arrived and i stayed with a friend for a few days and then i was supposed to move in with this guy and he stopped responding to me so i was left pretty much homeless and and oakland ballet didn't do very much to try and help me uh figure out how to find housing so i moved every couple of days and slept on couches and floors and in a child's loft bed for about five weeks and i ended up getting severely injured because the of those conditions and also the floors weren't sprung and they didn't have heat in the spring in san francisco so it's a long long story but that's the short of it but so i ended up just being completely drained and this was the end of that 2013-2014 season. So fear had driven me deeply into burnout. It was fear for my safety, it was fear for my physical health, it was fear of the unknown, and especially during this season, it was fear that I was going to burn a bridge in many situations that unionized company dancers would likely walk out on. But one of the worst fears of all that kept me driving forth throughout the year, uh, this year of burnout, was the fear that I couldn't pay my bills. That was the worst. In my opinion, the main reason that dancers burn out is because they are forced to push forward when they are clearly afraid, tired, uh, hurting, or something else. If you are enjoying yourself and feeling rewarded by dance, or anything for that matter, it is almost impossible to burn out. But if you're pushing yourself to continue dancing because of pressure to perform, uh, parents, rank promotion, pay, or pain, you're likely on an easy road to burning out. It's actually kind of funny because while I was experiencing one of my most successful years on paper, my emotional state was crumbling. I had recognized something was wrong early on. I even blogged about freelancing uh, really being forever. That I, like it wasn't a permanent gig for dancers. And while I wasn't trying really hard to get out of this career cycle, I, looking back at my my own public sharing, I was already projecting that there was a problem. But I couldn't see it, even though I was putting this on my blog. It was clear that I was already pushing my limits with stress in my career. I hadn't spent more than five weeks at home in over two years. I missed the financial stability of a regular job, and I was exhausted by the constant need to stand up to employers and explain that, while I was hired short term, that they needed to respect the limitations of the human body, like proper rehearsal procedures, proper rehearsal, proper rehearsal conditions, appropriate rehearsal times, and more and more and more. Uh, and this was because uh, 
these employers are responsible for me long term. Many people thought that because they paid me for my services that I should just do whatever was asked of me, even if they broke me. And a lot of these people that were hiring me, they didn't know what my history as a dancer was. They didn't know that I'm a, I'm really good at off-balance turning or that I'm a good jumper or that I had uh, had issues with my back. All they knew is that they were paying me a nominal fee to come out for a few weeks and that I had to deliver the, pro- the, the product. They didn't know what my work ethic was. They just had to, I had to show up and they, they just expected everything from me. But they weren't committed to pay my regular bills, my medical bills, or to help me get physical therapy to recover if they broke me. The dance world is used to working in a way where you generally do what you're told. And at its best, this is within reason. But the dance world is used to working that way with company dancers that have workers' compensation available to them. But anyway, back when I wrote that post, I guess I was thinking that I was ready to stop freelancing and trying to seek out a contracted company position. But it was really the beginning of a new season and finding a full-time company position was an impossibility in that time frame. Beyond that, teaching jobs were mostly filled and I was limited in my options to find work. So for these reasons, I continued to press forth and fight a battle that was no longer for my career, but for my own financial survival. Now that I recognized the reason for my burnout, it was time for me to take action. Experiencing the trauma of overexerting and overstressing your mind and body often woos you to play games with yourself. I was actually pretty depressed and regularly depressed, and I considered ending my dance career altogether at times. I even found myself playing this dangerous game where I would ask myself if I would be upset if I had just broken my ankle right then and there in rehearsal. I would be in the middle of rehearsal, and instead of focusing on the steps that we were doing, I would be thinking, if I just broke my ankle right now, would I be upset? That's that's really messed up. Or I would say to myself, what would I do if I never took a dance class again? I feel that once you start going down this road, it can really be a slippery slope. I needed to stop this cycle, and once I was able to recognize it, I needed to actively put the work in to heal myself. The first task I challenged myself to enact was to stop playing these games. I had been doing this bad cycle for so long that my brain would naturally run through a checklist of negative thoughts about myself, my career, and a handful of other things in my life in every situation that I was in. I also had to recognize that the pain from my injury and a subsequent follow-up injury from compensating for my back wasn't helping the situation. I stopped taking class, I stopped focusing on my fear of how people would judge me, and I started taking care of myself. That worrying about how others will judge you can actually be one of the biggest challenges for dancers. When you are known as that fit person who has a certain level of excellence in your technique, it can be scary to think that you may gain a little bit of weight or lose your pirouettes or jump a little lower uh, for a while. But I just reminded myself that I wanted to be able to walk when I was (laughs) middle-aged and I wanted to stay in my field long-term. So I did my best to ignore those thoughts and I moved on with getting better. Another part of my burnout was the fact that I was working nonstop night and day or day and night. 
or night and day. <laughs> I was taking class in the morning, I would go to the gym immediately afterwards, and then I would come home and as I was, after I'd finished preparing my lunch, as I ate it, I would get on my computer and I would start looking for work. I would update my website and I would task myself to do whatever it took for me to find that next job. Then often I would teach uh, classes um, in the community anywhere from a few blocks from my apartment all the way up to an hour and a half outside of the city on a regional commuter train. You'd think I would stop when I got home after 10 p.m. when I was doing this cycle, but no. I would come home and after or during dinner, I would blog, I would look for more work, and then I would worry, <laughs> making it worse, I would worry about how this would all implode if I got hurt. This was a standard day for me. I often wouldn't even take a day off from this schedule unless I was working at a gig. And this was not as a reward <laughs> for what I was doing. It was only because I knew that my body needed the rest to stay healthy so that I could complete the gig and, and pay my bills. <laughs> there was rarely ever a reward. Really only when I finished a performance did I feel any gratification, which meant that it was also really short-lived uh, gratification. I needed to stop feeling guilty for everything that I did. If I took a moment to myself, I felt guilty because I wasn't working hard enough. But if I was working in some way, I felt bad because I was never taking a moment for myself. It was a horrible cycle where no matter what I did, I couldn't feel good about myself. And that's no way that anybody should live. You only get one life, and if you are miserable in everything that you do in in your life, then it's, it's just such a shame. So really, nobody should ever feel the way that I did when I was that deep in my burnout. What it came down to was I needed to find ways to relax and smell the roses <laughs> and be okay with that. For nearly three years, I couldn't just sit around all day on a Sunday watching TV, playing video games, going for a walk, or even sleeping in without feeling overwhelming gut-punching guilt. I needed to, to take a break from the life that I had created to survive as a freelance dance artist. I guess the big question here is, where am I today? I'm much, much better, especially since the beginning of 2016. My body is feeling better, my mind is getting better, and I still love dance. In fact, I think I'm finally back on track with that one. I was really lucky that an amazing job offer to direct Alaska Dance Theater came my way right as I realized that I was burnt out. So after the National Choreographers Initiative, I went up to Anchorage for four months in, in the fall of 2014. Then I came home to Philly for five months to really figure out who I was, who I had become, and who I wanted to be. Once I got that stabilized and had an idea, I didn't have to have it figured out, but I had an idea of what I wanted, I had the foundation to work on bringing my passion for dance back to full throttle. What I've found is that the best way to work through burnout is to lighten the load of that item that is burning you out. So many young dancers have felt the pain of burnout and fell completely out of a potentially beautiful career in dance. I feel that it's important to keep working on what you love while, burn, while burnt out, just at a different capacity, that way it's still a part of your life. I'm currently working towards getting back in shape, just at a much slower pace than I would typically do. 
I'm focusing on keeping my body healthy instead of beating it back into that place that I know it can go. I've also been lucky to have a, have a renewed focus on dance through my choreography. I'm allowing myself to take more than a day off in between taking classes if I feel that it's necessary, and I try my best to take one day completely off each week from anything involving work, and that's usually on my Sundays. If you keep your burnt out activity far enough away to allow for recovery, but close enough to allow that recovery to involve the work that burnt you out, I truly believe that you will not become so overwhelmed that you just push the activity that burnt you out of your life permanently. And if you gain new perspective, dance will be a part of that perspective, just with more depth. I've seen so many young dancers that are so deeply passionate about having a dance career and say that they get injured in their final years of training or they're trying so hard when they get in a company and they aren't getting the parts that they want and they start to burn out. They try to step away from dancing for a little while, hoping that they will find their passion again, but because they've gone into, they've gone away from it and it's not still a part of their lives, they tend to latch onto the next thing because they were in such a bad place. So I really strongly suggest that you keep it slightly involved in your life until you can come back to it. At this point, I feel that I can say that I've mostly survived burnout. I hope that sharing my process and offering advice can help you out if you've been going through a similar, similarly challenging time that makes you question if you should be dancing or not. Or even if you're not a dancer, I hope that if you are burnt out in, in whatever you love that this can help you. While my focus has me moving away from dancing full time, I'm still focused on keeping professional dance in my path. It's just a little different and works better for me at the moment. And if that needs to change, I will reevaluate it and adjust as need be. Instead of focusing on getting back on stage in an unhealthy way, I focus on healing my physical health and approaching the next stage of my performance career from a place of positive mental health. Once again, I find myself hopeful and excited to continue being a part of the professional dance world beyond the 14 years that I have already attained. So just like me, if you need to, take a step back from full-time dancing and defend yourself from that career-threatening injury called burnout. I think that covers everything that I felt I needed to share with you about burnout. So I'm going to grab another cup of coffee and cue the closing credits. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. Remember, if there are any topics you would like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycarollis.com. Again, that's www.barrycarollis.com. You can also reach out to me on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcasts, to book masterclasses in ballet or contemporary techniques, for choreography, or speaking engagements. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies and shows are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and to see what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook on Instagram where my name is bcarolis or on Twitter at bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, where I've been writing about working as a freelance artist for over four years. 
I also have two YouTube channels, B Corollas featuring my choreography and Choreography featuring my choreographic web series that tells the life-defining stories of professional dancers through revealing interviews and choreography. Thanks for listening to Pod to Chat. I hope you return next Friday to talk dance with me. And remember to go out and support your local dance scene.